This week in league, in his latest bid to sign with a winning side, Blake Ferguson auditions for the Melbourne Storm with a grapple tackle. Michael Jennings buries the hatchet and surprisingly not squarely up Gus Gould's ass. Shane Shackleton assesses Ivan Cleary's coaching ability for the purpose of future Facebook status updates. And we'll review all of the action from round 17 of the 2012 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 94 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I am the king of the motherfucking West. You're still going to go on with that, are you? Yeah. I'm you're loving not, it. You're not I trotted it out with the boys at the footy on Friday night. They're like, wanker. what the fuck are you talking about? Wanker. What are you, a dickhead? You're a wanker. What sort of a moron called you the king of anything? <laughs> it's like, you know how your mates always like bring hey, you back down to earth. Hey, don't, don't, don't you call fucking Chapo a moron, mate. All right? <laughs> he knows what he's talking no. about. Oh, I think Chapo's a legend. But what about the... But what about... Um, he's the, the hand of the king of the West. <laughs> He's got, he's got his hand on the king of the West. Um, yeah, uh, just saying, Chapo. Just say so, the word, bro. Well, you've actually forsaken. You, you know, you're not the king of the West anymore. I mean, you, you've come up here to become just a subject. You, you're, you've been a turncloak on your own kingdom, and uh, as Origin proves, with your state no, tradism, I've, I've come here to take the North. <laughs> How's that working out for you? <laughs> um, baby news again. We come with the baby, the baby show. Um, congrats to uh, Freak Nine, aka Steve, on the birth of Sienna May earlier in the week. Once again, proof that listening to this week in league makes for lots of sexy times and uh, fertile women, agile swimmers, etc., etc. Et little Sienna is a uh, a gorgeous girl, so I have my doubts as to whether it's actually Steve's kid. Wow. Fancy you insulting listeners again. (laughs) Congratulations, Mr. Drew. Okay, let's kick off with some news. First story, the sorry, sorry, sorry state of the Bradford Bulls. What a shite state of affairs the fucking ESL is in when this can happen. Just to recap real quickly, I mean, we could probably get like a good mate of the show who's a Bradford fan to give us all the detail about it. But basically, uh, Bradford have been in financial difficulties for quite some time. A couple of months ago, they were on the verge of closing, closing down. They said we need you know X amount of money, like it was like half a million, I think, like you know before April thirty or something, and um or before May thirty, whenever it was. And they were like, uh, we need this or else you know we shut the doors. So the fans did a big fundraising thing. They got it done. They got the money. Um, and so it's kept the doors open for a couple of months. It's got to the point now where just uh, yesterday, the day before, uh, sixteen staff were dismissed by the administrators. The club's gone into administration and 16 staff were dismissed. And when I say staff, I'm talking about head coach, (laughs) coaching staff, everybody. Um, Some critical members. Yeah, so uh, Mick Potter is obviously the throw. You know, he's, uh, you know, Australian and, you know, everyone knows and loves Mick Potter. So he said he felt as though he'd been stabbed stabbed in the front after he was one of 16 staff dismissed by the cash-strapped club. Uh, he lost his job. His wife, Megan, worked in a ticket office. She lost her job too. And several other employees uh, were thrown out as part of a round of redundancies announced by the administrator, who's basically trying to stop the club going into liquidation. However, as far as I can tell, the last thing that I saw is they've got 20 grand in the bank. Wow. And, um, 
Yeah, they're going to play this weekend. They're committed to playing... Uh, I believe they're playing London this weekend. They're committed to that. Only because they don't uh, have to travel. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, <laughs> Bradford's directors followed a notice of intention to enter administration on June 13, so just a couple of weeks ago now, uh, to buy them more time to find investment, with tax authorities threatening to wind the club up over unpaid tax bills amounting to around £300,000. Uh, in the month of July, I'll need around a quarter of a million pounds to keep the club going, and I've got 20000 maximum in the bank, says the administrator. I've made 16 redundancies, including Mick Potter and three coaches. I'm looking at fulfilling Sunday's fixture. In a statement, the RFL said, the RFL is concerned by the news that the official administrator of the Bradford Bulls has made all the club's non-playing staff redundant. The governing body received no official notification of this action. The RFL is continuing to, continuing to establish the facts behind this development and will not be making any further comment until we have spoken to all parties involved. That's not a strong enough statement from the RFL. Not especially, no. Um, so who knows what's going to happen. It looks like the club will be, you know, they'll be able to play this weekend and barely that, you know. And it's really, it's, it's sad. Well, they haven't to- got a coach. <clears throat> Yeah, but Canberra won on Monday night too. So, I mean, you can do it without a coach. Well, you can win without a coach. West Tigers won a premiership in 2005. You can do it without a coach. All right? I'll kick you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm just saying it can be done. That's all I'm saying. Um, And, you know, the worst thing is the Bulls, I mean, like the players have really like pulled together as a result of, you know, the external stuff and the fans as well. And as as two separate, as two groups, those guys have actually pulled together and actually pulled off a win against top of the table Wigan last week yeah um <clears throat> so it's kind of a you know talk about penthouse to the gutter sort of you know range of emotions I mean probably one of the best uh, memories of the year if not you know many years for for the supporters last weekend this weekend you know could be the last game for the club shocking uh, we, you know we've got some listeners of the show specifically our old mate Johnny Doran who's uh as passionate a, a fan of his side as you'll ever find exactly um, for the Bradford Bulls and just to be going through that and, you know, everything he's, he's been through, he travels to the games. Yep. The man works ridiculous hours. He's got... The dude has so much on his plate, yet he still gets to he still a lot of games, games that involve a lot of travel. And now, after all that effort and blood, sweat and tears he's put into the club, it's, you know, and it's not just him, you know, yep. the entire fan base is, is going to be left without someone to cheer for. It's, it's pretty, pretty horrific. And the fact that the RFL's not stepping in and, yeah. you know... The, I know it's a different situation, but you look at the Gold Coast Titans. No, know. looking at like rescue packages and stuff coming from the top of the game themselves. Yeah, yeah, no such luck for for Bradford. And it, no. I guess it's probably but maybe they ultimately will. Now it's you know this dire. Maybe they'll say, okay, we've got no other option. But do they have the cash? I mean, well, it's a yeah, pretty sad indictment on the English Rugby League if they haven't sort of. If this is the second time in a few months that they got to this point. Pretty sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the club, the club certainly doesn't have the cash, but um, you know, perhaps you know the RFL could kick in and yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Does, does the English rugby league have the cash? You'd assume you'd, you'd assume that they would. <coughs> think you'd think so, but I mean, honestly, I don't know enough about the structure of the clubs over there and if they're all privately owned and you know that kind of thing. Because yeah. you know, here we've got you know various structures set up with leagues, clubs, and that. Pretty sure they probably don't have the same no sort of structure as that, and like grants and stuff like that coming from like licensed clubs and everything. But um, hopefully, they can survive the rest of the season. And beyond. Let's hope someone's uh acts as their white knight. Yep, and, exactly. Uh, and and comes and, and pulls them out of the gutter and keeps uh giving their fans something to cheer about. Okay, Michael Jennings has ended his feud with the Panthers hierarchy. New South Wales Origin Centre Michael Jennings has put an end to his feud with Panthers coach Ivan Cleary and general manager Phil Gould and reaffirmed his commitment to the club. Axed to the New South Wales Cup in May, the Sunday Telegraph says that he's been secretly meeting 
<laughs> rival NRL clubs amid concerns that the Panthers were poised to sack him, uh, given the fact he's uh, on 600 grand a season. Fuck, that's a lot of money for someone like Jennings. I mean, good player, but fuck me. Great player. At his best, that's that's uh, well bought. At his best, it's probably still 200 grand more than he should be getting. Anyway, he's obviously, uh, you know, recaptured some of his form, certainly. in the cracky manager, this- that bloke. Yeah, oh, sensational. Uh, in the origin, he's recaptured his form, you know, from the, from reserve grade, and he's confirmed that he intends to see out his five-year Panthers contract. His uh, quote is, uh, we all, we're all on the same page now. I need to improve my communication skills, and they're happy with how I've handled that. Now I've just got to do my part. I've always thought my attitude was all right, but just showing it to Ivan and Gus and the team was the main thing I really needed to do. When you're down and out, all you can do is stay positive and try and show the right attitude. That's what I tried to do when I was with Windsor over in New Zealand, and then it turned for me when Sticky picked me in origin. Since then... Whenever I've gone back to Penrith, I've just tried to show the right attitude and show Ivan and Gus I really want to be there. So uh, despite it being an open secret that Jennings was being shopped around, uh, Gus maintained that neither the centre or his management were given permission to do that. Um, He signed until the end of 2015 with the Panthers, and uh, provided he upholds club standards, Gus will refrain from tearing up his contract. That's a good good sign for the Panthers club, the fact that they're they're most high-profile and you know, arguably their best player. Certainly one of their top three. Luke Lewis would probably have something. Luke Lewis would be over top of that, but so, yeah, he'd probably be second best then. The fact that he's uh, he's committed to the club and he, he wants to be on the same page as Gus and Ivan, who are obviously, you know, given their positions, is, is one thing, but, you know, they're front and centre of this rebuilding phase that Penrith are in at the moment, and um, Jennings... He's, he does have to step up and show that he wants to be a part of that because I think they'll be fairly ruthless um, in in the fact that they're, they're cleaning out the club from the ground up and um, and Gus isn't one to pull punches. So no. if, he, if Jennings doesn't pull his weight, then I think Gus is one of few people in the game that wouldn't hesitate to tear up a high-profile player's contract. That's it. Um, it's a good sign for their fans. I know they haven't had a, a lot to cheer about in 2012, but it's a good sign as they continue to rebuild the club. And, and you know, I think long, t- well, long term, but at the end of all this rebuilding, I think they'll have a really strong uh, club to take adva- take advantage and, and really capitalise on that huge junior base and, and be a force for years to come once the job's done. Mr. Diplomacy, Glenn Blakely. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not agree with that? With Who their knows? massive junior base and someone like Gus Gould at the helm, a quality coach like Ivan Cleary. With their massive junior base, <coughs> Parramatta have been a mess for fucking 20 years. Massive junior base. South Parramatta Sydney haven't got been, anyone like Gus Gould South trying Sydney to rebuild the club. Uh, South Sydney have been shit for 23 years. Um, as I was saying, like, you know, the... Yeah, the massive junior base and restructuring—you know—they're all—they're all nice things to have, and restructuring is great to do. But you know, the jury's out on how successful it's going to be. I mean, I, I'm not a massive fan of Cleary as a coach, but I'm a big fan of Gus as like a as a football brain. Yeah. So I mean, I'd, I would have confidence if I was a Panthers fan that he'd sort of be steering the ship in the right direction. Sure. But it remains to be seen. Okay, next story. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Blake Ferguson charged with a grapple tackle. This would have all played out, obviously, by the time the show goes live, but he has been charged over a grapple tackle. He'll escape suspension with an early plea, which I'd imagine he'll probably wind up doing, but it was a grade one dangerous contact offence after he did a grapple tackle on Trent Merrin's head and neck in the uh, win that the Raiders had over the uh, St. George Chocosaurus. Trent Merrin's got a neck. Who knew? Yeah, well, I mean... 
you know, Trent Brown. Clearly, you can't get charged for it. I mean, if it had, if they had said, you know, Brett Morris, I would have said, yeah, fucking bullshit, because <laughs> <laughs> he's got like, he's got less neck than Gladstone Small has, <laughs> and, I mean, and that dude's head was almost like an innie <laughs> in between his shoulders. Um, he was like a reverse turtle. Yeah, other suspension news or yeah, you know, charging news. Anyway, Wade Graham and Jeremy Smith, they're both going to get away with uh, no time and avoid a suspension with early guilty pleas. Uh, of course, Wade Graham had the uh, alleged high tackle with his uh, Simon O'Dwyer. Sorry, Simon Dwyer shoulder tackle, which uh, two years ago was you it? Two just years ago, threw Simon Dwyer threw a little Irish flavour on him. I did, I did. To be sure, but two years ago, that was the fucking greatest tackle ever made. Exactly, and now, Ben Tio's was now was Ben Tio and, uh, and seven weeks. Uh, oh, was Pula Tua? He got done for one as well. Pritchard, Pritchard sorry, was it? And uh, fuck yeah. It's it's all happening, isn't I don't, it? I don't argue as far as the contact with the head rule, but you can't have one guy lauded as one of the greatest hit men in the history of rugby To be shown league. on highlight reels around finals times forever yeah. and ever. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And, <laughs> and then the next five blokes that do it, every one of them gets suspended. And also, it's, a, it's like seven weeks for him, three weeks for him. Yeah, there's even no consistency him. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tio was in, he didn't end up getting, but as I like to tell everyone, whenever there's a, a possible high shot at, yeah. At the Broncos games now, we're renowned for yelling out seven weeks. <laughs> and this old duck in front of us, like she turns around and like tries to cheer us up and goes, oh, that's seven weeks, that's seven weeks. <laughs> so we've got to, we, and uh, Gillian Tate, she loves it. Every time we yell out seven weeks, she, I think she wants to slit my throat. <laughs> or throw a full rum can at me or something. So how far away is she from your seats? <clears throat> two rows. In front mm. or behind? Literally... Directly in front of us, two rows. Okay, so yes, she can. She certainly uh, can overhear every single thing you say. You don't yeah, have to put it. much volume on it. That's it. All I right. Pour beer on a head yeah. if I really wanted to, but I don't because I'm a nice person. And you don't drink beer, so you never have a beer in your well, hand. I could put someone else's beer on a head. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Jeremy Smith, he uh, had the the situation where he was on the ground, put up his arm to um to just to protect himself, basically, and uh, Wallace came over the top and managed to somehow maneuver himself into a position where he he managed to uppercut himself on a guy's outstretched arm <laughs> so uh, like Peter Wallace's do <laughs> what was it it wasn't Peter Wallace it was the other Wallace it was um that other William. fucking the, no it starts with J I forget Gronk's name is there Jared Wallace is it Jared it was him Jono it's Jono. just Jono. Jono Johnny Adams Wallace <laughs> <laughs> oh Gronk's okay and Speaking of the Broncos, Jack Reed out of action. They're going to be without him for the next month at least after they confirmed a lower league fracture <coughs> from the Friday night game. Rangers Ex- need milk too. They do, they do, and, and potentially more milk than uh, normal people. Um, X-rays, originally, and this is strange because on Saturday I remember they said, oh, there's no fracture, it's all good, he'll be, yep. back, he'll be playing. That was actually incorrect. They did an MRI, discovered a small fraction on his fibula. He'll be out for the next four to six weeks. Jared Beal looms as a likely replacement in the centres, although Matt Gillette could move into the back line. Uh, Lachlan Morant is showing good form on the wing, so uh, they'll, I suppose they'll put him on the wing. Beal into the centres, good to go. And Beal's killing it at the moment. Yeah, he's just like he's, he, maybe he maybe he'll he's uh, killing it like he killed Lockie. <laughs> yeah, and maybe he'll do it like maybe he'll do the dog on him. Like he'll he's he's killing it so much. I'll be like he'll be like I don't want to go to the dragons, <laughs> and he'll maltzen it up. <laughs> Gerard Biltson. So they say that uh, that Reed will be likely to be back for the July thirtieth clash with Parramatta at Suncorp Stadium. Monday night game. And well, that'd be fun. What's the opposite of fun? <laughs> that yeah. Monday night Broncos football against Parramatta. Monday night. 
more signing news. Uh, <coughs> boom, New Zealand Warriors prop Liggy Sayo has signed a three-year deal with the Seagulls. The uh, Manurera Marlins Jr. made headlines recently after the allegedly being bitten on the wrist by Cronulla Sharks Toyota Cup player Daniel Morocco. Uh, where, did, where did he play? His junior footy? Manurera Marlins. Jesus. Manurera Marlins. You know, Kiwi shit. All crazy. Uh, one of the hot, hottest prospects in the NRL. He was part of the under-20s grand final winning team last season. Joins uh, Manly from 2013. Uh, quote from the recruitment manager, Dave Warwick, uh, said, uh, Liggy's one of the leading front rowers in Toyota Cup. He plays long minutes and has great speed combined with great skill. He's very excited about the opportunity to play with the senior world-class players here and he's determined to make a go of it. We're looking forward to watching him develop under tubes and the team. And he goes on to say, we've identified some top young talent in Michael Cheekham, Clinton Gutherson, Jake Tribujevic, and now Liggy. So our future certainly looks bright. And uh, yeah, he's got an awesome name. He does have. Oh, he does have. I mean, like we, like Mossy, we had to fuck it. We had to work Sayo into Mossy's yeah. name. We had to work this guy. It was only when Mossy first came to first grade, people were calling him Mossy Masayo. Yeah, even despite thought, despite the fact that his name ends in S O E. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we'll run with that because it lends itself to him being called Soggy. Yes, but now we've got a new Soggy. Exactly. Licky Soggy. Licky Licky Sayo. Turn upside down, you Licky the Sayo. Um, <laughs> And uh, we've also got the uh, finale, the grand finale of the uh, mid-season merry-go-round. Shane Shackleton joining Penrith for the remainder of 2012 and no plans going forward. Rumour is he's coming to Manly. And um, and not until he moved to Panthers did I actually hear that he requested to be released from his Parramatta contract in April to go to Manly. And did it, he really? And it was denied. So I'd, I'd never heard that before just now. No, me either. Um, Shandor. The there, the, the Eagles. I don't know. I mean, you know, as long as he doesn't think the coach is a fuck, when he probably goes all right. Remember last it was the start of last season when it was like, okay, he's he's past his injuries, whatever. Yeah. He had, he had a broken leg or something, and he's past his injuries, and now he's like one of the guys that's you know going to rip in for that season. Uh, and then you know he gets injured and calls the coach a fuck with, and that's the end of him. Uh, Shandor Earl set down to Canberra already, already making the side there. Uh, Nafe Seliguini, as rumoured uh, last week, he, he was going to go to the Chooks. That happened. And Drury Lowe, who was from the lower grades in Canberra, he's joined the Doggies, which makes it I think he's the third or fourth back to join the Doggies over like two week period. Jesus. So they're, they're stockpiling, they're stockpiling unwanted backs. Yes. For to what end? Who knows? Some. No uh, wonder they've got such a strong reserve grade side. Yeah, some evil plan from Des Hasler. Clearly. (laughs) Recaps. Kicking off Friday night football, we just had the one game, and what an epic game it was. The Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 26 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 12 in front of a crowd of just over 26,000 people, and the points came as follows. Cronulla Sharks, they got their points through a double to Colin Best, a try to Ben Pomeroy. Also, further tries to Wade Graham and Nathan Stapleton. Chad Townsend was three of five from the boot. The Broncos, they had two tries. Alex Glenn and Aaron Whitchurch... Peter Wallace, two of two on the conversions. Sharkies. Sharkies. When you can see three tries to the combat, the combined uh, Ben Pomeroy, Colin Best alliance. <laughs> and Pomeroy's <laughs> one where he threw Jack Reed away. Yeah. Like a ragdoll. Like yeah. A, <laughs> rang a ragdoll. I tell you, the Sharkies, I think they played the perfect game plan. They 
not only for them to compensate for the loss of Carney and Gallon to Origin, but also at the same time capitalising on the on the weakened Broncos forward pack. Yeah. They really played it tough through the middle. Really ground them. Uh, their defence was strong. Their first first contact was was really you could really hear the impact. Who knew Wade Graham could be such an axe? He's really found his niche. He's not the prima donna five eight prodigy that Penrith thought he was. No, throw or that he thought he was. He needed a th- he just throw he needed the thirteen on his back and he's fucking tear in. He um that's the best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, by far, by far, me too. He's he's had big raps on him since uh, he you know broke into first grade at Penrith at a, at a young age and they've probably Penrith gave up waiting and and the Sharkies have had glimpses of his potential but if he can make that sort of performance anything like his median line yeah <laughs> he you know I'm not sure he's going to be a full-time position for him at lock but Gallon could be playing prop but, but they put you know they can put just they can put Gallon anywhere and he just plays like a prop anyway yeah. so it doesn't matter what the number is but yeah I was really impressed with how he went really tough and and he obviously took it upon himself whether it was the fact that he was wearing the 13 or, or whatever but trying to uh step up in Gallon's absence and really brought that toughness um, and grit that you'd, you'd expect from Paul Gallon in a Sharky's jersey. He really, um, you know, picked up a slack. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, is, you know, the, the, the couple of talking points from the game was, uh, of course, his tackle where he uh, drilled Hoffman in the in-goal area. Hoffman dropped the ball. Then there was, you know, the ball was planted down. They're saying, you know, Disallowed try. They're completely ignoring the fact that it bounced clearly off his forearm after he drilled Hoff, uh, Hoffman. Mm. So, yeah, the argument is there that it was a knock-on anyway, and it wasn't a try despite the penalty. Yeah, but in any case, he was uh, he was put on report, uh, which will come to nothing, and uh, it was no try. Um, What's your take on these? Let him go, or it's contact with the headers penalty. <sighs> Let him go. I'm all I'm all for less less penalties I can understand like there's two schools like me personally I think fucking you know let that sort of stuff let it go I mean as long as they're not you know especially ones where it's like kind of starts low and then just sort of finishes just on their head like it's not like the guy's launched himself like a torpedo with his shoulder yeah. horizontally at the dude's head like he's just gone in for a tough tackle yeah, and the like guy's sucked down or he's, exactly yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, well, you know, Simon Dyer's, you know, obviously Where, you know, hurt himself more than he letters. I mean, point of contact was like fair and square in the middle of the face. Well, I mean, I'd say the mouth <laughs> and then moved up to the middle of the face. <laughs> but yeah, his might have been, you know, a little bit on the, you know, on, on the touch side. But I guess you can't, you can't police one way, not the other way. The other thing to do is just to say um, anything that hits the head is a penalty. Well, that's and, the rule, and it may not go, and it may not be a, a, on report, you know, because maybe these things that you know they're a penalty, but they don't go on report because you know it's with the shoulder, or something like that. But they need to find the problem is they're not consistent with the way they administer it. So you know, all the players. The rule is no contact with the head. Yeah, I mean, there's no player that would say Simon Dwyer should su- still be suspended. I love Simon <laughs> Dwyer, but seriously. But yeah, there's there's no player that supports them even being penalised. All the players say, like, you know, and these, and these aren't players that are necessarily hitmen either. No. These are players like guys like, like Highmarsh, generally every tackle goes around the waist. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's not like he's losing out by not being able to do these tackles, but he still comes out and says it's the stupidest grey area in, in the NRL. Yeah. So, um, I maybe, guess... Maybe that's a role for Hindy. Obviously, he's going to have his hands full. I think he's got some... Uh, um, leadership roles to, to come with kids and stuff in yep. uh, at, at grassroots level for the NRL, but someone like that that can cause a spade a spade and can really get in there and, and give not only a player's perspective but really deliver it in a way where people are actually going to 
take notice of him, yeah. given the respect that he, he has in the rugby league community and with the officials as yep. well. Um, maybe that's a, a niche for him to uh, to fall into, you know, once his fucking horrible career at Parramatta's finished up with. <laughs> this interminable nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess For the, the Broncos, I was, um, I was a little disappointed in, in some ways in the fact that, you know, they did have a lot of players out um, and... They also had two more guys go down with injury, as we mentioned, with Hoffman going off after that hit and uh, and Jack Reed fracturing his leg. But I was I, th- I expected more from the young blokes, to be honest. Just, well, they did they did in, get it back. They did get it back to what was it sixteen twelve after being down sixteen nothing. They did get it back to sixteen twelve, I think. So they were they got within striking distance, and then there was that intercept try to Stapleton, yeah. which sort of turned the game back around in the Sharks' favour. That's two intercepts in in two weeks for Peter Wallace. Yes. Yeah, Certainly submitting a strong case for the old Brett Kamali All-Stars. Yeah, captain coach at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah. what's Brett Kamali then? I mean, she's got to have one of those roles. He'd have to be the coach, surely. But, you know, Wallace could be the captain, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I just expected a little bit more uh, enthusiasm. I just I felt that the Broncos were a little bit flat um, and lacking a little bit of direction and the fact that their halves were still intact and, the, well, their entire spine of their side was intact. And, yep. and they just... They really were down on cohesion, and after that Stapleton intercept try, they really ran out of gas and yeah. uh, and couldn't get back into the game. Because so. they were coming on, they were coming on really strong. They had all the momentum 12, in yeah. the world, yeah. Um, and you could just feel the, the the life go out of the stadium when Stapleton took that ball. And yep, because there was plenty of time even when that right. happened. I mean, that's there's like probably what twenty minutes or 15, yeah. 15, 20 minutes left when that happened. Sure, but uh, impressive win from the Sharkies, despite you know all the players that the Broncos had out. They um, you know, they still had to go into a hostile environment and get the job done, and they did every bit of that. Yep, their first win up there for quite a while. Okay, Twitter. Aussie11198. Brisbane's defence is as non-existent in this game as the fruit and veg section of Jamal Idris's fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Hash Idris's chins on the incline. And I'd just like to say that last week's performance coming from uh, from uh, Bemson Meister, it's generally, it's lifted the game of Twitter yeah, people. everyone's into it. Overall, everyone's into it. The Foley, that's our PH. Show me where the bad man touched you, Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> ben V1 Hardy. Good to see with Dugan injured, Josh Hoffman is ready to step up into the role of hash guy who gets injured every run. Hash calcium in the climb. Um, Josh Hoffman, <laughs> the last couple of weeks... He's taken some god-awful batterings. Greg Inglis, I don't know what Josh Hoffman well, ever said it. about Greg Inglis's mum, but... <laughs> two counts of attempted murder in that game. <laughs> it was at least two, and there was a couple of cases of sodomy. Yeah. <laughs> the poor bastard for the last couple of weeks. He's just got a smashable he's face. He's he, he must have a smashable face or something. Uh, at Southo Dan, Brisbane by how many? They, Brisbane by how many, they said. I want an on-air apology. <laughs> Podcast in decline. Hash predictions in decline. And I think I may have said 14 too, so um, I, I clearly slipped. I meant to say Sharks by 14. Yeah. Genius. I meant to say, I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry what? The teams historically been so shit we couldn't tip them. Is that what you're supposed to say? <laughs> That's what you want to say. I could tell by looking at your face. Nagu. Okay, Nigel. The Broncos haven't been this messy since the Alhambra Lounge in 2008. <laughs> That's one close to your heart. Oh, it is. I love it. I love any Alhambra Lounge uh, reference. I love at Brockle Snitch. Wallace was average, but the Sharks are a bit too pleased with themselves to beat an understrength Broncos team at origin time. Yeah, there was a few fans carrying on. 
Yeah. There's two guys in front of us. They were pissed idiots. What were um, they just they were they always there or they No, no. Just ringers. Ringers for the okay. And um they were uh you know, as is their right, lapping it up. Yeah. But Jesus H Christ boys. <laughs> like you beat a team effectively down nine first graders. <laughs> But they were down like all their, all their, yeah, first, all graders their first graders. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that they managed to grow away Graham in the, the meantime. The fact that, I mean, they, they, they had, you know, like what Jeff Robson, uh, Ben Pomeroy and, and Colin Best in So effectively, life. you know, take Gallon and, and Carney and leave John Morris uh, and Colin Best and people like that in the team. The Sharkies were still negative 45 first graders. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Bowles. I can't see it, but I'm sure Josh Hoffman has a sign on him that reads, Please fucking destroy me. Hash it brain cells in decline. Oh, poor kid. At Cruzy06, that one hurt more than losing with a full squad. In other news, the steak was magnificent tonight. Hash, hogs not in decline. <laughs> he said that he uh, texted you a yeah, photo he of his mate's meal. It's fucking ridiculous. Do you want to... No, sorry, he showed me on his phone. Show- I was like, oh, I just sent this to Nate. I, was I, that, that- I walked through the gate and he was standing there. That was ridiculous. I think he was. He said, oh, we're just waiting here for uh, what a you know, man who shall be known as Tank. Um, he's just going to get a hot dog. And that was after <laughs> eating the, the thing that he texted through. Was that Tank? Yeah. Fuck me. That was the mega, mega cut. Like, that's the biggest one you can get. And it was like a, just an entire plate full of beef. Ridiculous. This guy, fuck. Stuart Marler said, maybe the Broncos look like under sixes because they're allowed to have their coach on the field with them. <laughs> and I saw a lot of people saying that. This... Why this game over other games? But um, Lang has been on the field the whole time. Yeah. I mean, he's always been like that. And Tuvi was like that too before he was a head coach. Uh, but for some reason, this game, he copped a, a lot of extra stick. People were bringing up a lot more. I'm not sure why. Uh, Jeremy underscore Jack 01. Surprisingly, a good game of footy to watch. Love watching the Broncos get manhandled. manhandled. Hash, who needs Gallon when you got Graham? True. Rocky Shark, and I'm including all these all these uh, Sharkies fans of tweeters because they they fucking deserve it. J- and at Rocky Shark said uh, that was physical, it was fast, it was almost origin like. I have to get wrapped with the Sharkies fans that came to the game as well. Um, there's a couple of pockets, one in the in the traditional away supporters bay, yeah, but also down the far end, um, they they sang and chanted and yeah. cheered those boys the whole night and. Clearly, they've made a pretty big effort, most yeah. of them, to, to get to the game. I'm yeah. assuming a, a portion of them had travelled from interstate, so great effort. Nice one. And, one, and I assume being the way supporters, they uh, they uh, manhandled the Broncos uh, fans as far as the chanting and, and general sentiment. Yeah, well, support. we've said it before. Generally, sorry, in general play, it's pretty quiet, unless the Broncos are like well on top or, yeah. or attacking or... Um, like yeah, or they're buying for blood. Yeah. yeah, or they're buying for blood. Um, it's fairly. Or booing fairly an opposition cool. player who's who's unfortunate enough to get injured. Stuff yeah, like that. There's a little bit of that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it does go quiet. Mm. It, does it does go quiet. So the the opposition fans who obviously don't get to see their team quite as often um, do tend to stand out. Yep. Okay, moving on to the next game we had on the weekend, and it was one that we predicted to be the Vuvuzela of the decade, because uh, they generally are. Yes. Newcastle Knights 20, 
defeated the Parramatta Eels 12 on Saturday night at Parramatta Stadium. A crowd of a touch over 12,000. The points, well, the Newcastle Knights there, 20 came from tries to Jared Mullen, James McManus, Akawila Uate-Pate and Kevin DeGama. Tyrone Roberts, two of four from the boot. And the Parramatta Eels, they had tries to Matt Keating and Ken Seo. Luke Burt was two from two on the night. Is it a mid-season revival yet? I saw one publication calling it a mid-season yeah. revival. Yeah. Everyone two games against yeah. the Tigers who were um, pretty ordinary. And yeah, two, para. Two, win, two wins against, against you know, essentially bottom feeder size is not really a season make. I'll kick you in the face. <laughs> Oh, sensational. So, Having yeah. said that, no. Bennett does have it in his game to produce results with a heavily criticised side. Newcastle's copping a fair bit of flack. Yep. Um, not only from their own fan base, but the media is starting to jump on board with a bit of it. Yep. Um, and, you know, we've we've seen with, uh, certainly with his time at the Broncos, when, you know, the, the infamous, is it a slump? Slump. Um, yep. You know, he, he can get the best out of the squad when... When when the chips are down and and people are starting to bay for for blood with them and uh, I don't know if that's what he's he's currently getting out of Newcastle or they've had you know they've actually put something together against a couple of sides that weren't at their best but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for the moment I'll give him the credit I'll give him the credit of the West Tigers one because West Tigers didn't really have any excuses as far as you know certain, I mean they didn't have oh, any real morning, they didn't have any personnel changes that they they're didn't have when they won seven in a row. So they're such a tight knit unit. They were in mourning. And, okay, you know, except so. except Robbie Farrell played like a genius. So you saying he wasn't in mourning? It was his mother? Well, I mean, that's, that's exactly. What you're Get fuck out of here! Uh, but it's uh, his teammates that but this were week, in mourning. This week they were playing Robbie Parramatta. A, a generally a genius. I haven't finished yet. This week they were playing Parramatta without Jared Hayne, <laughs> aka <laughs> okay, their only player who their only player who puts in. So um, <laughs> yeah, and and Newcastle Knights were were Sands fluffy. How about so, so, uh, they're so, they're so they were strengthened by Origin? <laughs> How about Fluffy's replacement, Kevin Nagama? Yeah, yeah. goes all right. Is the Nagamas? Is the Nagama family? Is that Newcastle's answer to the Burgess? The Burgess. I don't money? think so because they're trying to they're trying to give the arsehole to Wes, aren't they? Are they? They're trying to shop him around as a package deal with uh with a Junior Sow or Richie Faso or someone like that. Yeah. What is it with the Junior Sows and Richie Fasos of the world that uh, I almost called him Richie Farsol, man? <laughs> That's one of the world's greatest nicknames. It's never really occurred to me before. <laughs> and, you know, maybe you'll get some first grade so you can actually bring it out again but next season. Ever since Wayne Bennett said that he was joining Newcastle, Junior Sauer and Richie Fioso's name, and I'm going to struggle to say it properly now, um, have been the first guys mentioned as, as making, uh, you know, making tracks. Yeah. Jeez, I didn't... I didn't think either of them are that bad at footballs. No, and, and you know, Wes Nagama's had some good games tonight. But, you know, Bennett, Bennett does have a strong idea of, you know, these are his the type of players that Clearly he wants. Clearly he's a racist. Possibly. He's trying to ship all the pollies out of Newcastle. I mean, that's a fact. I don't want to start rumours. Except for Uate. I mean, you know, Fiji, maybe Fiji, he likes me. And the, well, the Nagama's there, aren't they he's Fiji very, as well? He's a very particular type of racist. <laughs> he is. He's a very specific <laughs> racist. <laughs> Can I go on the Twitter now? No, actually, we've got to talk no, about the game yet. Yeah, go. Shoot. Parramatta, they've signed Chris Anderson as their director of coaching. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so he'll be able to advise, advise old Stevie how the best Anderson way to resign. Do you remember coach the Roosters? Of course I do. Manly killed him. <laughs> and do you remember his 
56 nil, I think it was. His great ploy of having uh, one marker. Yes, yes. That also had... And thinking, well, okay, it gives us an extra man in the defensive line. Yeah, and, and don't forget his, uh, the other ploy that he had of um, throwing the ball really flat. I mean, you know, which has since been adopted by Cameron Smith, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> As a personal mantra. And that other thing that he was synonymous for with um, having Brett Kamali's head stuck up his ass. Yeah, that too. That was a... I mean, that's, you know, in days gone by, they were the the fluffy and and Uncle Wayne of yesteryear. Yeah, well, they were. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Brick Mall has got a lot to answer for. Although Noddy never lobbed at East. Sorry? Noddy never lobbed in at East, though. Well, Anderson wasn't there long enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he had a good season and a half, didn't he? No. Nah. I mean, he made it to about three quarters of the way through a season. season, was he? He made it through about two thirds or three quarters of the way through a season when he got the arse. I can't remember. I honestly didn't care enough about it to take much notice. Yeah. Still not off from uh, Chris Sandow. I'm, I'm a little bit. I don't. I'm, I'm loath to defend Chris Sandow because I'm not defending him on this performance. I think he's a prat, but he's, I think he's being strangled by Carney's game plans and as individuals and and apart from one another. I think I don't think Carney's a Carney Kearney. I always get this. I always pick get a pronunciation and stick with it. People, people give it to me. <laughs> just pick one and stick with it. Yeah, but no matter what I pick, someone tells me I'm fucking wrong. I can't win. Look, you just never, you're never going to eradicate the, <laughs> the haters from your life, man. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think Kearney's a, a horrible coach. And I don't think Chris do. Sandow is a horrible halfback. I do. But you put them together and you've got a guy that wants to play ad lib 100% of the time. Yeah. And you've got a guy that wants to play ad, you know, wants his players to play ad lib zero percent of the time. Yep. Not a good combination for a coach, and he's, you know, what should be the guy leading the team around the park. No, it's not. And the results, you know, speak for themselves. Yeah, like a handful of wins, and and the only time they ever go, and you know, when they do do the ad lib thing, and Jared Haynes is good enough to kind of, you know, go with that and play that sort of style as well. They don't have many other players that are good enough to go with it. Which is the problem. And where's the incentive for, for Chris Sandow to do better? Well, yeah, none. Because he's on 600 grand a year and he's, yeah. you know, based on a couple of seasons of, you know, the last couple of seasons at South were probably, uh, there was a higher percentage of, of quality performances. Around the time of contract negotiation, <laughs> I'd like to add. But together... Kearney and, and Sandow, they're a shambles. You can't... I, I'm not convinced that, that he can't coach and I'm not convinced that Sandow can't be that guy that, you know, that earned that $600,000 contract. But I'm fairly convinced. He's not repaying the faith. I'm fairly convinced that Chris Anderson is not the answer either <laughs> to that particular problem. Maybe some of the other organisational problems he might be, I don't know, but not that problem, that's for sure. Well, NRL coaching left Chris Anderson behind... Several years ago. Yes. And Paramount are looking to resurrect him. And like a dude that's got heart problems, because that's why he ended up mm. resigning, because you know, he had a heart attack and stuff. Um, you know, is Parramatta really where you want to be? Maybe he's testing out some new technology pacemaker or something, thinking, well, I know what will put it to the test. I'll coach Para. He must have been paid by like the company that manufactures it to put it under like severe stress test or something. like. Pos- on the positive side, Ken Seo. He's been going, he's been going well all season. But yes. he had a fucking monster game. Absolutely. Sensational. He's he's going to be good. And so is Chase or, Blair. Yeah. yeah, And they're both kind of you know, big, sort of strong dudes as well. Like, 
you know, and Paramount have locked all those guys up too, the youngsters like Ryan as well. So they, yeah. you know, bodes well in the future. Of course, they're going to lose them when they have to when they have to pay the bill for Hawaii and COVID. <laughs> <you know? laughs> the whole Hawaii family take up half their cap in 2014. Um, I'll give Newcastle credit for this game, but I'm not convinced that uh, that they've really turned the corner just yet. You don't want to see a couple more performances like that yep. with Darius Boyd in the side um, and, and have him playing a bit more consistency, playing with a bit more consistency before I'll, I'll give Newcastle the, uh, you know, much chance of, of doing much towards the back end of the season. Yep. And the Eels did try their late comeback thing. I mean, they were down and out of this game at 20 points to six with probably about 20 minutes to go. And then with nine minutes to go, they did score a try. Uh, and then they started turning it on and they almost scored. They bombed the try there where if they just had given the one last pass, the sure. goal would have scored. I think it, it may even been CEO that was going to score the try. And um, then it would have been game on and, you know, they would have had a chance to, you know, have a crack at the death, but it wasn't to be. And you just can't keep, they just can't keep doing that. They can't just you know? keep playing for 10 minutes. Exactly. You know, and just go in small increments. If they had played for 12 minutes in this game, they might have won. Might have got there. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm going to start off with two tweets from uh, last week's MVP at Bemson Meister, and they're both the reason why I'm going to bunch them Didn't together. Didn't he get some mates? Oh, mate, he probably got about a million followers on Twitter just yeah because of his performance last week. He started off with two tweets about Gaznia. <laughs> First one: pestering women by text and now pestering me by TV. You're fucking menace, Gaznia. Hash sex pest. <laughs> then he followed that up with. <laughs> Thanks, Mark Gaznia. Not since Katie Milligan spoke in court has so much been said that was complete bullshit. Hash vacant idiot. Ouch. So though, Dan, what sound does a Vuvuzela make? Eels versus Nui. <laughs> Cruzy 06. Hindy should just do a mid-season trade to a top eight team for less money. He deserves better. Hash legend. And I actually tweeted Hindy after the game and said, uh, like by the time the game finished, it was like, you know, half past nine or 35 past nine or something like that. So I said, uh, Hindy, you've got, you got two hours, 35 minutes to sign with Manly and end your career the way it should with the premiership. <laughs> Didn't reply. <laughs> How rude, Hindy. And neither did the Manly Seagulls account either, so he clearly wasn't on their plans either. Um, Can I just say that... Yeah. Um, Bemson Meister, Meister. Yep. Have you seen? You've seen his Abby? No. He's clearly the redhead in the picture. Let me have a look at it. The redhead in the middle. Yeah, got to be him. Uh, I don't think so. He wouldn't be one of those two Gronks, <laughs> would he? By the side of the redhead. <laughs> anyway, if you're following him on Twitter, which you should be, if you listen to this show, you know it's only a matter of time before the quality dries up and he starts trying too fucking hard to be funny. Yeah. He's, no, a pom- no. He's a pom after all. No insight, though. Uh, at Aussie11198, I'd rather look at TAB sports bet girl Jamie Rogers' horse mouth for two hours and watch Parra play. Ash at Black Caviar. Wow, <laughs> that's harsh. Gem. I agree. She's a total fishwife, and I can't understand anyone who thinks she's hot. Uh, Nuggu again. As bad as I feel for Nathan Highmarsh, it really serves him right for signing with the Eels in the first place. Oh. <laughs> the Chapo, 82. Seriously, Bert, retire now. Quit, just walk away, old man. Hash, worst player have ever played first grade. Jesus. It's fucking harsh. I've seen other people be real harsh to Bert too. I believe it was, uh, was it Kiki? It wasn't, it wasn't from the OAL account. She said something about like, you know, when Bert said he was, you know, a couple of two weeks ago when he announced he's going to retire at the end of the year. Mm. And she sort of said, wow, such an outpouring for like, you know, the most average player you know, it was pretty harsh, and then she must have been getting slammed by by people because of that. Because you know, like sort of fifteen minutes later, geez, you know, sorry, he's up. You know, yeah, he's up. He's up. I only bagged Luke Burt. I mean, Luke Burt. Let's not forget, dude's been solid 
Fucking hell, there's yeah, a million players worse than him. Yeah, he's no Scott Minto, but it's not like he's exactly a Brett Dallas. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something to think about. <laughs> it's like saying, he's not a cockhead, but at least he's not a cockhead. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. How, how, how dare you say that about future immortal Scott Minto? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Anyway, I tend to agree. I'm, you know, I'm not a big Lou Burt fan. He's a lovely man. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's the worst player that ever played first grade. I think he's far oh, from. I don't it. think anyone's calling him that. But he's not a superstar of the game. But I mean, he's been a good player, and you know, one of the most consistent and best players for Parramatta over the period of his career. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for him, the West Tigers may may have never made the uh, semi-finals in 2011. Hand a bruiser to get knocked out by. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. I'll kick you in the face. <laughs> so, the Chapo 82. Well, I actually said that one, so I'm not going to repeat that horrible, hateful tweet again. Yeah. Bemson Meister. Well, he wasn't saying I was the king of the West, did he? No. Ah. Bemson Meister. Joking aside, I feel sorry for Hindmarsh. He runs his blood to water and his team let him down year after year. Sad way to bow out. Big Dan. I wonder what Nathan Hindmarsh is going to do after 40. Cry. I know he's got a couple of little gig, a couple of gigs going on with the uh, NRL, and there should be more. But uh, immediately after, he's going to cry because he's going to be like, "That's it, it's done." No maybe he'll fucking celebrate. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. everyone's like, you know, no, it's a sad time. Are you kidding? Fucking, this is like carnival. It's like, it's like, <laughs> he's it's like putting the, the feather boa on. It's like the be- day after getting released from prison. <laughs> Big Dan, 1985, the three Ps of the Parrot Eels. And actually, I'd just like to say that he's actually addressed this to the Parramatta Eels too, so credit to that. Brutal. Poor, pathetic, and pointless. And a fourth P for Sandow, overpaid. Not even good enough for Group 21. That's an O. Not even good enough for Group 21. (laughs) (laughs) That's nasty. Bemson Meister again. You know we're waiting for it. On a brighter note, Sandow was still crap, but better. Tinkler and the chocolate pudding will be pleased. Ash proud, proud parents. <laughs> oh, I lost my ability to speak. It was so funny. Um, now, moving on to the next game. We had the New Zealand Warriors, 35, defeating the North Queensland Cowboys, 18, at Mount Smart Stadium, a crowd of just over 15,000. And the points came, well, the Warriors points, their 35 came from tries to Nathan Friend, Jacob Lilliman, Lewis Brown, a double to Ben Henry, and Conrad Hurrell. James Maloney got a field goal, also four or five on the conversions, and Sean Johnson grabbed a conversion as well. The Cowboys, their points came from tries to Ash Graham, Gavin Cooper, Kane Linnett, Matty Bowen, three from three on the conversions. How about the Warriors jerseys? Yeah, are yeah, you a fan or no? Yeah, I like them. Well, I mean, they looked, they looked all right. I mean, as far as like... But hey, I'm an advocate of the yellow West Tigers jersey too, and that's been universally fucking panned. Did you get one of those on the, the bargain price? Yeah, I'm waiting throat? for it to show up, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, that's a bargain price. That's fucking... Any West Tigers fan that didn't take advantage of the uh, buy a 2012 jersey and get a uh, yellow Eye of the Tiger 2012 jersey for free. I mean, seriously. You're clearly... A- <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You went there, okay. Um, yeah, so the jerseys... Oh, no, 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 fuck that. Um, no, you got to edit. Never. Not happening. Uh, so the Warriors, the Warriors jersey. Wasn't as good as their Tiki jersey. No. No, that is the best, the greatest jersey. Best in the jersey of the jersey. year, probably. Yeah, best jersey this year, no doubt about it. Um, it was all right. I did like... I mean, like, the, the balance of the colours was fine, but I did like the way it was just like, you know, someone Spider-Man pink... <laughs> 
<laughs> pink stuff on the yeah, over the say it. <laughs> Immediately, I don't like it quite as much as I did before. <laughs> so yeah, it's like the Pig Panthers, Spider Man, <laughs> Spider Man. Their jerseys, yeah. They just had, they were just trying out normal black ones, which wow. is like a, with a like pink outline on the borders. <laughs> and, and the Pig Panthers come up and just and Spider Man. Been in a bit of a drought, and he's got a couple of big hairy basketballs filled with condensed milk. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so the jersey. So anyway, back to the Warriors you're a, big, you're a big fan, you know, I'm not, not so much. You know, it was all right. You know, as far as these women in the league ones goes, you know, it's, it, it, was, it was decent. Probably one of the best. I should have bought the Tigers pink jersey. Is what I should, I've, I've got some regrets, Nathan. So you didn't get the pink one? You just I didn't bought get just the, the regular one. one? I just bought the uh, the white one with the Tiger stripes in the front. Okay. Which looks resplendent, which will look resplendent when it shows up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. anyway, back to the Warriors. I think they made the most of the uh, made the most of the origin period and and the the lack of player involvement from their from their team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Well, I mean, they they started off absolutely on fire, racked up the tries, racked up a good lead early on. Yeah, Cowboys came back on them really well as well. It's very similar actually to the flow of the Broncos game. Yeah, and uh, you know the the understrength side, they came back. The Cowboys, they came back well. Yeah, and, Matty Bowen was leading them around well. Yeah, as as we've come to expect from you know games. I mean, where he he does seem to relish the fact that, you know that he gets more responsibility and stuff yeah. when uh when uh, Thurston's away. And and the Warriors, you know, they're good enough to you know muscle up again and kick on. And yeah. uh, with Maloney getting a pretty fucking Sandow esque field goal there, <laughs> um, clearly not interested in for and against when the trial was on. No, that's exactly it. It's a bit of a uh, bit of a hero play. He'll fit in well at East, but I think Matty Bowen he tried really hard, but unfortunately, against this Warriors team, who I think are, are just about ready to make a bit of a charge, um, it was just a little bit too much to ask of Matty Bowen to to lead him all the way on his own. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously they're a much much better side with JT, Matty Scott, and you know. The rest of uh, their origin contingent in the side, but um, the Warriors, I think, I think this is this is the start of something for them. They're starting to show glimpses more and more. Their, their key players uh, are getting more and more uh, quality touches throughout games. Yep. Folletti, Matteo, Sean Johnson, Maloney as well, um, and I think. They're a much better team than what they've showed so far this year, and I think they're potentially a better team than the one that made the grand final last year. So, um, yeah, this I'm picking the Warriors to make a bit of a charge now, and and you know, picking off that straggler at the end of the eight there. No, I think <laughs> <laughs> you know he's in the firing line. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I do feel for. Uh, Fuck! I was gonna. I was gonna say They're the Cowboys. Them. I do feel for the Cowboys, but uh, unfortunately, you know, the, someone's got to make way for the Warriors. Yeah, won't be the Tigers. They'll be in second or third spot, possibly minor premiers. Potentially not. And when I say potentially, I actually meant definitely. <laughs> um, Gavin Cooper got his customary try. Um, he had some terrible mistakes. I mean, he dropped the ball about two or three times in a row in, yeah. Yeah, earlier in the game. Uh, made some, you know, you know, gave away some penalties and stuff, but uh, he got his customary try, which uh, my super coach side loves to see. Um, I, just, I guess it's just the, the story for the Cowboys is they tried hard, just couldn't go with them. Conrad yeah. Harrell, I mean, how much better is he going to get? 
He's uh, he came he's in the with a lot of them, hype. He's the difference between the, them the, them on the grand final day and yep. and them their potential now. Yeah, exactly. I he's as I started to say, he's come in with a, a lot of hype, but he's one of the rare players that yeah. is fucking exceeding it. Took him stage. a little while to build up at the start of the season, but now he's sort of he's sort of hit a new level and he seems to maintain it every time he uh, gets out there. And fuck, put him one on one, two on one. Yeah. With anybody. It takes him stopping. He's more of a beast than the beast. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's and he like the beast with hands. And he doesn't seem to drop... Yeah, the beast <laughs> with hands, exactly. He doesn't seem to drop the ball at all. Um, I mean, he's a bit. he gets a bit of white line fever because he does trample over people. He tends to trample over people sometimes when he's close to the line. You know, you could pass the ball for a try, you know, yeah. to the winger. He tends to try and hog it himself and get a bit Israel full out with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, great player. The beast with hands and the an ego. And an ego. The Beast with Hands and White Line Fever. There you go. Okay, can I go to Twitter now? You got some more to say? No, I'm, I'm done, mate. All right. At Hanley1993. Ellery Hanley? No. Oh. I don't think so. One of the better things about watching live Warriors games is no Dale Husband murdering the English language. Yeah, dare you? Hash, bring back Costo. To which I oh, replied... Oh, how dare you? To which I then replied, um, no, Costo's a member of Parliament now. That's you know that's not going to happen. And then he replied back, which I didn't actually. I don't have that down here, but he said something about you know, gee, your country's fucked if he's in, in government. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, our state's fucked. Yeah, you know, with him in government, correct. Um, Look, he may murder the English language, but he does a fair job of fucking New Zealandish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, you can I pronounce a Maori name. I love his pronunciations for names, but what I don't like is that every time someone rucks the ball up. He's like, you know, Matteo. That's fine. I love that stuff. Matloni. Like, Matlino. <laughs> and, and then he'd be like, and he played at school with the fucking blah, blah, yeah. Catholic school. And he tells a story about what they, where they played at school or something. Like, <laughs> every, it, was, it was born with six toes. <laughs> every time, man. Like, you know, what, what, what's all this fascination with, with uh, Warriors players when they're at school? Because people think they're all fucking dumb and they're uneducated gronks. And he wants to prove otherwise. I mean, he's doing community service. Yeah, okay. Aussie 11198. Playing with Sims and Thorby in your pack is like swimming in 200k winds strapped with bacon and having Idris and Godzilla in front of you. <laughs> There's a picture for you. Someone's got an imagination. Yeah, GT. Or could have been high on crack. Yeah, GT351 underscore Johns. Entertaining by two teams that are never boring. Good win, Warriors. Good effort by Bowen. And I've got to say, I likes the Warriors jersey. So there you, you go. John. And we've got Michael Darren seventy nine. I haven't seen this much fluoro pink since the eighties. Well, clearly haven't been watching Penrith, <laughs> or even the West Tigers. Really, I mean, they're pretty bright. Uh, Southo Dan, got to find some New South Welshman in Hurrell. Yeah, uh, sign him up for the Blues. Oh, <laughs> I agree. Fantastic. And uh, that's in New South Wales. And we've got our uh, Jono, uh, aka NQC eighty one on Twitter. Jeff from the Wiggles would show more urgency in defence than North Queensland. Hash wake up Cowboys. <laughs> I don't think it was that bad. At times, certainly it was, but uh, but generally speaking, I thought they tried, you know, fairly hard. I think the war. Uh, oh, sorry, I think the Cowboys gave a good account of themselves. Tough away game yeah. uh, for North Queensland. I mean, they're not the best away side anyway. Taking them over New Zealand is quite a trip. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to be too harsh on them, especially given that, you know, they'd lost their, certainly their best player and, you know, arguably one of the best props in the game as well. So, you know. Okay, next game, which was the uh, Channel 9 game. 
the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 38, defeated the poor old Penny Panthers, 12, in front of a crowd of just a touch over 13,000 at ANZ Stadium. And the points, South Sydney's 38 came from a double to Nathan Merritt, a single to Dave Taylor, a double to Nathan Peets, and another one to Andrew Everingham. Adam Reynolds, once again, laser surgical on the uh, conversions, yes, 6 of 6. Kicking up. Fucking amazing. Well, I mean, I remember I said a couple of weeks ago, he was like basically like a warm body that could kick goals. But yeah. actually, his general play's improved out of sight as well yeah, lately as well. Definitely. So, Adam Reynolds, 6 of 6 on the conversions, plus a penalty goal uh, versus the Penrith Panthers. Their 12 points came, tries to Clint Newton and Lockie Coote, and Lockie Coote was 2 of 2 on the conversions. Too early to, too, excuse me, too early to call Maguire for coach of the year. Flano is pretty much a lock, I would have to say, at um, this point. I'm st- having said that, I'm still impressed with Maguire. Yeah, yeah, no, he's doing he's doing a good job, no doubt about it. He's probably less, you know, less heralded than uh, than, than Flano is because uh, I mean, you know, Cronulla. Uh, oh, you know, I can't Who say Cronulla. Who thought that a South coach would go under the radar? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's probably the first South coach in in a decade that hasn't uh, declared they're going to win the comp in February. Yeah, that that always uh, he might have kept shit well. a bit more low key. Yeah. I'm just impressed with him. I think he's he's putting some really serious strides in to improve the culture. Yep. Um, Adam Reynolds said as much uh, during the week, and that that's you can just see that he's taking a you know a big picture approach to making that club you know everything that his fans say it is every year. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and making the culture reflective of of the history and. Yep. Instilling that in the players and giving them belief, guys like Adam Reynolds, like he he came in with a lot of pressure on him, and it's taken him a little bit of time to develop. I don't think he's been horrible at any stage of the season, but he has had his quiet patches, yep. um, as any young player does. But you can just see slowly but surely every week he grows in confidence, and and that comes from the coach and and the fact that he shows faith in him to go out there and implement the game plan every week. Um, and other guys, you know, Burgess, when he's on the field. You know, has this Maguire has a has a really strong influence over these guys, and it's, it's very impressive. Um, you know, he's he's got some pretty strong credentials as well, but it's good yep. to see him putting it into practice there. Yep, no, I agree. Uh, Dave Taylor, you want to talk about him? Oh, look, he's he had a bit of a point to prove, I guess, but he, and, and he put probably what, what fifteen minutes of point point proving, proving on there. Yeah, and uh, he was all talk of the papers all he has to do. Yeah, fifteen minutes. He's home free. They packed him on a plane. Didn't go to recovery. They threw him on a plane to uh, send him out to Queensland. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I don't know that you can have a guy that plays fifteen minutes. You know, game plans are going to develop. Defensive structures are going to develop. He's he's going to have to have more than his game than that. Yeah, and it's, and to be fair, I mean that's all he had to his game even when he was at the Broncos and uh, apart from when he had that combination he kind of set up towards the end of his time at the Broncos with Carmichael Hunt where, um, you know, Carmichael Hunt would just feed him non-stop. And why, why like, not specifically this game but why can't, why, why can't that be coming from Greg Inglis now? Or, yeah, or anyone, I mean, yeah. you know. Exactly. Well, you know, it is what it is. Fifteen minutes is is not enough for a guy that commands the sort of dollars that he does. Uh, at this stage of his career, he's, he's had some some great moments, but fuck, let's not forget Origin Two. He was fairly woeful in that. Yeah. And Origin One, he was non-existent, non-existent. in that. Yeah. So, um, not denying the guy's talent, certainly not de- not denying his size, but 
I just I think you need more out of a, a guy like that with that sort of potential and those sort of capabilities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, poor old Penny Panthers, just like I say, first and foremost, it wasn't Lockie Coote's fault. No, definitely not. And geez, I tell you, some of the Penrith Panthers fan base have gone absolutely fucking mental over this game. And when you look at the side that they put on the field, which is probably missing, let's be conservative, nine perhaps yeah. players I mean the injury toll that they have is probably the worst in the comp and they've got uh, another year. one Blake Austin dislocated his shoulder so he's gone yep. long term as well yep yep exactly so it just doesn't the news doesn't get any better and, and I think honestly they tried to the bitter end mate to the best of their ability yeah. and they actually pulled it back to, to uh, what was 14-12 at half time yeah. so you know after after going down 12-0 or was it 14-0 and then uh they got it back to 14-12 and they were in the game at half time uh, you know at the end of the day for Souths they did what they had to do, yeah. but I, I don't think the Panthers made it as easy for them as the scoreline would suggest. That's true. I think to score that amount of points without Inglis in the side is a is another clear sign of the Bunnies' progression under Maguire. But um, you know they're they're living they're going to have to live to learn to live without their superstars, um, even if it is a little uncomfortable at times. Penrith is a bit of a different story, as we said earlier. They're in a bit of a rebuilding phase at the club. Plus, they've had all these injuries as well. Yeah. Um, and anyone that's saying they're not trying their guts out, you know, you can see a team when they quit on their coach. This yeah. this isn't a team that's quit on their coach. Exactly. It's a team that's hurting and they're struggling. There's no doubt about it. But they tried until the very bitter end, you know. This was like... They were just outclassed at the end of the day. Yep. Um, and that they just don't have the resources at the moment with the injuries they have... Um, and some of the other players that, you know, probably fringe, fringe first graders at best yep. that are, yep. are running around there every week because that's... Kids having to be brought up like before their yeah. time as well, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I feel for Penrith, they've got some great fans and, and they they deserve better. Um, but unfortunately, it's just the circumstances is, is what's um, very telling for the Panthers at the moment. You can't say they're quitting on their coach. No, of course not. Can I go to Twitter now? Yeah, sure. Okay, B15542, a.k.a. the, the, the Twill Tourette's guy. <laughs> Sam Burgess made it to halftime without spraining a toe. Well, I'll be fucked. <laughs> Hash Burgess on the incline. Hash Tigers in decline. Uh, he came back with another one and said, uh, fuck Channel 9. This, uh, he, he, did, he sent a lot of tweets during this game. Um, he's a Souths fan. And uh, this is one is kind of like I selected like a best of tweet from him because he had a lot of around the same sort of topic. Fuck Channel Nine, you really know how to fuck a game. You game of league, you fuckers. Fuck you, good you weapon. Hash wankers. Hash Channel Nine in decline. Jesus, yeah. that's harsh. <laughs> and, uh, and he had a lot to say, and that's something we didn't bring up in the news. We probably should have, but um, about the uh, the Western Australian, the the West Coast Pirates or the, the WA Pirates organization. Yes. Fan of the name. I like it. Yeah? I think it's marketable. Oh, ish. What do you mean, ish? Oh, maybe. I mean, what kind of market? Seinfeld puffy shirts? Eye I'd, patches? I'd buy one. Arr. Look <laughs> at the colours are. <laughs> and what their logos do. Arr, it'd be hardy. Um, but yeah, of course, uh, Tim there, he's uh, he's over in WA, so he, he had a lot to say about that. Mr. Bowles. Even when you inspect to lose, it's never nice. I can see why Dave Taylor was dropped from State of Origin 3, tied after 15 minutes. And that's coming with a, from a fan of the team who uh, lost the game too. So there you go. Bemson Meister. Another win for the Rabbitohs. All down to Madge as coach. They'll win a premiership in the next three years. Yes, he's that good. 
Jesus, sounds like a South fan. Calm down. Talking about winning premierships. Aussie 11198. Not even the 4 and 20 meat pie third party deal that Russell got for Dave could motivate him on a weekly basis. Hash lazy crap. Ouch. Next but game. True. Yeah. Monday night foot bitch. The Canberra Raiders 22 defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons 18 at Canberra Stadium in front of a hardy, hardy crowd of 10,462 insane motherfuckers to go out in that Which is quite fitting because it was minus 10,462 degrees. Exactly. Canberra Raiders, their 22 points came through. What a hat-trick to Reese Robertson. Edric Lee got the what other good try. Good players do. I was waiting Some for you to, not so good players do. I was waiting for you to throw, throw it in there. And Jared Croker, three of four on the goals. And he also missed with his only shot at penalty goal. St. George Illawarra Dragons there. 18 points came from tries to Bronx Goodwin and a double to Mitch Rain. Jamie Soward, the cat in the hat, three of three on the conversions. Look, I think the Dragons were determined to put the hoodoo to bed. The second half display was fairly dominant, but yep. they just couldn't put him to bed. Yeah, Canberra surprisingly to me. I mean, I, I thought I probably said this last week when we predicted it. I thought that the Dragons, Origin players aside, the still the side that they put on the park, given the injuries to Canberra and you know their their withdrawals, was far superior, far superior. No matter where the game was played, and then people say, well, there's still a hoot. considerable amount of 2010 Premiership winners in that side. Yeah, and the people talk about the hoodoo and blah blah blah. I mean, I don't believe in in hoodoos and stuff, especially when the team you, you're putting on the park is so much better than the opposition. But fucking, I'm just about to believe it now. I think Ben Hornby uh, put it best as you know he, he's a man of few words, but when asked about the hoodoo, you know his coach had you know basically dismissed it as a load of crap. But Hornby said. He probably doesn't necessarily believe in hoodoos as such, but what it does for a team like the Raiders, who who have such an imposing record over the Dragons, is it gives them belief. Yep. And no matter how they're going at any given stage of any given season, yep. they know that they can beat the Dragons. Yep. So with that belief in them, they go out there and they play a different, uh, play with a different sort of confidence to what they do any other week. So. I think that was a really um, quality point that he made. I don't think it's you know it's fate. I don't think it's destiny. But the fact that the Raiders, when they you know study the tape and go into their team meetings and plan to play the Dragons, yep, their confidence level starts from you know much further advanced than what it would most weeks. I think. Daniel Vito, sleeper agent. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or a player that they didn't care about losing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they love playing maybe against him. it was just Daniel Vito. You know, should be in reserve grade. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Canberra worked it out sooner than Dragons did. Uh, I think the Dragons will rue games like this when the numbers are being counted for at the end of the season. These are, these are the games that are going to make or break your place in the eight. So I don't think they're a top four side, but they're they're a chance of scraping into the eight. Um, so far, they need to win games though. like this to, yeah. to get there. So, um, yeah, it's just. You know, as Hornby said, belief does amazing things for a team, even one coached by David Ferner. Exactly, exactly. Um, Reece Robinson, Robinson looked like a genius. And, of course, he uh, he scored the, the winning try as well, uh, about three minutes from time. I mean, if Dugan does, you know, sign elsewhere as... Um, I know, he's re-signed with the Raiders, he's, hasn't he? He's re-signed, yeah. But, yeah, Reese Robinson... Had he re-signed elsewhere... 
Reese Robinson would have been a worthy replacement. He's fit. I mean, the, the, when he's had the cover for Dugan, which has, which has been often. a considerable amount of games this season, he's he's looked the goods. To be quite honest, I mean, he certainly had no name before this season, but I mean, I think he's making a name for himself. And yeah, he did the odd uh, good thing at the Broncos when he was up there, but I think he's um, he's found a bit of a home in Canberra. Unfortunately, he hasn't. Um, that hasn't translated into consistent first grade, but the yeah. opportunities that he had, he, he's certainly one of those players that has definitely put his best foot forward. Jared Croker, defensive machine. Not really. What's the opposite of defensive machine? Uh, Jared Croker. Fucking liability. <laughs> that dude, seriously, I mean, he can kick goals. That's probably the only reason he's in the side. Well, yeah, but he, he's also a whiny prat. Yeah. And... Every time he kicks a goal, it looks like he's going to burst into tears. Yeah, he does have that constant, you know, glass case of emotion look about him, doesn't he? He does, he does, and unfortunately that doesn't always mean that you can, uh, you know, make a tackle, which is unfortunate because he's a professional rugby league player and, and a certain part of that is a requirement of his tackles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the positive side for the Dragons. Mitch Rain, drawing a lot of accolades. Yeah, um, good player. People, people come out saying, you know, future origin, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know... He, Not a hooker. He did his level best. He did his level best for the poor old Dragons. What's that poor old Dragons for? I mean, it's probably karma from the way they carried on in 2010. Woo! But, uh, <laughs> woo that. Well, they they woo they that. Um, and the last thing I've got to say about this game is poor old Dragons fans, or the Dragons army, the, the ones that are elected to get the courtesy bus via the club it broke down in Goulburn and uh, they didn't get to the game until about 20 minutes to go oh <laughs> it was broken down in Goulburn for fucking hours that sucks and I remember I, I saw on Twitter that, imagine uh, the poor old brush driver going oh Lord can get his reverse gear maybe yeah. I should get Ben Cray to drive <laughs> <laughs> so the, the bus basically you know they, they they choked all around, quite frankly, and um, I just feel so bad because I mean we know some of the people that would have been on that bus. Yeah, and just uh, to to the go the effort down, that they go to get to games, they the, don't deserve that. The effort to get down to the game in that in freezing, god awful, treacherous conditions, just and then just, sitting at the side of the fucking road. Yeah, going down to like a hoodoo ground where you know you got that in the back of your mind, and then boom, the bus breaks down. And you're stuck there, and you only get to see. And I think they got to see the part of the game where Rain scored his try to put the Dragons in front, eighteen sixteen. So they got there. That happened. It was all happy days. The Dragons are looking like they're going to run on with it. Oh! And then they get there to see the loss. Clearly, they were the bringers of the bad luck. You just about fucking neck yourself, really. I mean, what a shit house night of entertainment that would have been. The inside of a bus, then watching your team lose to Canberra. I need to watch the inside of the bus again on the way home. Ugh, and yeah, pray that it didn't break down again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, terrible. So I feel, so I really feel for those guys. You got anything else to say about the game itself? No, sir. Okay, at B one five five four two, Canberra versus St George really puts the bitch in Monday night foot bitch. <laughs> and he's got hash WA pirates on the incline, <laughs> hash Gronkfest, Bemson Meister. I think the Dragons will win this, but it's like choosing which turd you want to eat. Still going to get a shitty taste in your mouth. <laughs> The Chapo, 82. Vito is such a dickhead. Seriously, he pushes a bloke who takes out the only guy that can stop Robinson from scoring. Hash Gronk. That was the uh, the second last try, I believe, that Robinson scored. Bemson Meister again. Vito should be the revelation of the year. Everyone knew he'd be shit, but he's exceeded expectations. Hash fucking useless. Ouch. Michael Darren, 79. Has anybody made the Dragon supporter bus breaking down because of the choke joke yet? 
and uh, you were first to do it, my friend. <laughs> Bemson, my star. Nightingale and Ferguson taking head at the same time. Both will probably go to the Broncos now in a toilet cubicle. <laughs> Ash sex pests. <laughs> he's trying to bring this sex pest thing, and I mean, a lot of people are picking it up. He and loves uh, it. Of course, he's referring to the head clash between Nightingale and Ferguson, and Ferguson had to get, uh, he got his face absolutely mashed and uh, like a pizza, and he had to get the old uh, Luke Quigley wrap uh, around his nose, so he you know, pulled his nose up mm. like a pig for the rest of the game. Not a, not an attractive look. Couldn't have a uh, nicer bloke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do we got here? Uh, Devonhead, St. George fan. Didn't go to the game, though, even though he was a goldman. Just saying, fuck you and your curse, camera. What a shit fan. Total shit fan. Yeah, his excuse was because he had to get up early this morning and catch a plane up here to, to watch Origin. Still, wow. Shit fan. Shit fan. And, uh, and then he came on again after the game. He's like, yeah, carry on like you won the grand final, you green cunts. <laughs> bitter. Yeah, bitter <laughs> shit fan. Bemson Meister with some clarity on the situation. The Dragons are cursed. Curses some rotten players and zero ideas in attack. That's <laughs> Dragons in decline. Soulsy 4 the inventor of Pashidic, of course, and a Canberra fan, long-suffering Canberra fan. The Dragons hoodoo overcomes the hash Pashidic coaching of Dave Ferner. Good to get the win. Mr. Bowles, who sent this tweet, incidentally, to the Dragons Twitter account. Yet another example of why 2010 was a fluke. Hash hoodoo, hash beaten by Penrith, hash owned. <laughs> uh, then we've got Mickey T, 1985. Another Penrith fan's come in and said, who would have thought Reese Robinson would score a hat-trick before Lottie Takiri? Hash Tigers in decline. I'll kick you in an ass, Tracy. He should have put hash everybody because no no one's under any illusions that Lottie's ever going to get face. it. <laughs> Do you think that Lottie will ever get a hat trick before his career ends at the end of this season? Because <laughs> surely he won't be invited back. Absolutely will. Surely. One year deal, swan song, back to back premierships. <laughs> Okay, Garbs at 1985. I love how Steve Price says the Dragons Canberra Hoodoo is a bunch of crap. And then they go in there and get fucking pumped. I wouldn't say pumped, but yeah, they lost. Previews coming up for round 18 of the NRL season 2012. And we kick off with Friday Night Football. It's going to be a massacre. The Canterbury Doggies versus the West Tigers. And you'll notice that I left my printing of the team list to the last possible moment, which was probably about 8.30pm when the West Tigers finally fucking released their side. <laughs> uh, notably, uh, Bo Ryan's in there at fullback. Yes. Ashford. Lose nothing there. Ashford has uh, is, is broken the shackles of reserve grade and he's uh, stint at uh, 5 eighth or halfback, or wherever they had him recently. With Sir- uh, Ciro's back. Ciro's so back, so that pushes him into the centre. still at halfback. Um, Ford pack remains pretty much the same. Yeah, I thought that uh, that uh, Gaddeth might have been coming well, back this I was week. Hoping, but I was expecting Gaddeth back. But to be even honest, on an extended bench, he doesn't make an appearance. No. That's a very extended Sheezy bench. Sheezy does have the. Uh, he doesn't mind pulling a, a player from the clouds on uh, game day yep. and throwing him in yep. on the, off the bench. I would, wouldn't be surprised if he did that with Gaddeth, but maybe he's given him extra week. Gaddeth's been saying three weeks for the last six weeks. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, doggies. Their side is pretty much as you'd expect. Sam Parrott makes his uh, debut for the Doggies in the number two jersey this week. Time for the Tigers to make a statement. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want that statement to be, we're not worthy. I think the statement's going to be meow. <laughs> the, the Doggies provide they don't suffer suffer too badly out of origin. Uh, you know, with the likes of Josh Morris. Um, 
you know, being injured. I think they, you know, and really that's all they they're giving up, isn't it? So look, I think Tigers will come side. out. Uh, Tigers will come out fresh off the bye and, uh, and and make a statement, as I said, and you know, show the NRL what they've got in store for uh, the rest of the season. They're going to have to because they're going to have to because the doggies are going to be pretty fresh as well. Yep. Uh, only one player. I mean, well, yeah, less player. I mean, you got Farrow obviously in the Origin. Um, so yeah, doggies by how well, many? Look forward to uh, Robbie putting this Ennis thing to bed once and for all, and uh, leading the Tigers to a glorious victory where uh, you know we and look show the NRL who's boss. I love to see Desi lose. Love it. Yeah, but I just can't see it. Yeah. Can't see it. You love to see me lose more than you love to see Desi lose. No, there's, there's nothing I sad. love more. You're a sad individual. There's nothing I love more than seeing Desi lose. Trust me on this. But I just don't. I just don't see a way for. I just don't see a way for the Tigers to win. Look, that's you know we're the classic underdogs, mate. We're from the West. If they bring out do. their, if they I'm bring the out their the Newcastle, West, I should know. if they bring out their Newcastle form, it'll be two hundred. They're, they're going to lose by twenty six points easily, at least. Yeah, I'd agree uh, with that, but. You know, they don't call me the King of the West for nothing. If they bring out and the form where they beat Canberra, if, if you let me finish, lose by I don't 22. like when you talk over me and I don't want to have to kick you in the face. I'm telling you. But I'm I will tell- do it. I'm, let me finish. I'm telling you how it is. What I just said was, if the Tigers play their worst, which I'm assuming the Newcastle was their low watermark of the season. No, they way worse than that, but I take your point. Their worst this season? Or was, it, was their worst performance? Uh, Dragons in round three was for three or four. That's pretty bad. If they play like that, they're going to lose by like 26. If they play at their best, which is I assume where they, where they beat Canberra 40-0 yep. or Penrith 30-0, they're going to lose by, by 22. <laughs> Tigers by 30. Saturday football, Melbourne Storm take on the Canberra Raiders at Amy Park. <laughs> oh, you're good at that, Kid <laughs> Oh, Storm, they're still TBC for me. Have you got them? Coming soon for me. <laughs> Fucking... What's what's Bellamy playing? At? Obviously, they're, they're, he has a lot, you know a lot of investment in uh, in state of origin. He also has Billy Slater, who's going to be injured and not going to you know certainly not going to play the game. A lot of shuffling around. Having said that, it's He's in known Melbourne for a fucking week. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's in Melbourne. Uh, it's against Canberra. There is no hoodoo down there, no. to my knowledge, and I think I think that uh that the Raiders will struggle. I agree. A uh, few key Storm players coming back from what will be a glorious victory. Yeah, and Queensland it, last night. Looking no. forward into the future. Well, no, that's yeah, that's that's miserable because that didn't actually happen. <laughs> New, New South Wales had an epic victory. Uh, also, Raiders, you know, they're coming off uh, coming off a, a an emotional win that might give them some momentum. But B, it was Monday Night Football. Uh, you yeah. know, just like a, every other year, Monday Night Football team does tend to struggle, especially when they're playing earlier in the weekend, like Saturday night. I, I think it's a big, it's too big an ask for the Raiders to back up from Monday to Saturday and go down to Melbourne and play uh, the Storm at Amy Park. I, just, I can't see it happening. I think the Storm will win convincingly. And the Storm, yeah, who who will be celebrating the end of the the, you know, the Origin gauntlet period as well. So, yeah, I think Storm convincing winners there. Next game, we have a 7.30pm game down the Gold Coast there. Gold Coast Titans versus the New Zealand Warriors. Well, Matt Chechen's refereeing this game, so fucking who knows what's going to happen there. Toss a coin with the calls. Um, Titans side, they'll obviously uh, be happy to welcome back their Origin guys like you know, your Nate Miles, Greg Bird and co., yeah, for sure. Uh, and they'll be buoyed, you know, regardless of how um, how New South Wales goes. I think they'll be, uh, you know, they always come back with, 
you know their chest puffed out and they they achieve a higher level uh, across this this back end of the season. So uh, could be a good uh, good time for the Titans to to strike. But just as I said about the Warriors before, I just think they're ready to go on a bit of a run, and yep. uh, I'll be tipping them to, and a side to beat that's, the Titans. Uh, you know, completely unaffected in every way by State of Origin. Uh, came off a great victory uh, last weekend. And so I think that they'll probably keep the feeling going. Next game, Sunday, 2pm game, this one. It is the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Newcastle Knights, played once again at ANZ Stadium. Well, the Rabbitohs, they welcome back, you know, their big gun, Greg Inglis. Uh, I think they'll put pay to the Knights and put pay to the Knights, uh, you know, little mid-season resurgence. I think they will too. I mean, the Knights, they've got their handbrake in the one there. Darius Boyd, he returns to the side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, despite the fact that uh, that you know gay guys come in and become their best player instantly overnight, uh, I think it, it tandem I, with Willie Mason, who's also a player, that's only been there a couple of weeks. He's um, he's super impressive. I just wonder uh, if if he is going to sign with Newcastle, whether now that he's got this leverage of you know six or eight games or whatever it is under his belt of uh, of pretty high quality footy for the Knights, I just. Um, I, I just wonder if he might be holding out and, and been shopped around other clubs. Uh, he might be, I mean, but he seems to be the kind of guy that, well, you know, might stay with him, you know, given the chance. I think he's, you know, got a bit of perspective on his career now after, you know, being a fuck-up for so long. And when you see the way he plays now, and also the way he played for the Cowboys, uh, you know, in that stint there before he went overseas, mm. you think, what a wa- you know, what a wasted fucking career. I mean, like, if he had to maintain that, Premiership, those two Clive stints... Churchill winner, played for Australia, played Origin... Waste of a career. Yeah, because Come. all of those things you just mentioned happened in about 2004. <laughs> so, so now we're in 2012. He could have been doing that for eight more years when he's probably done it for two half of two halves of years. So what I'm saying I take is your point. that guy could have been an absolute beast that entire time, you know, correctly applied. Sure. And uh, he wasn't. So yeah, I mean, he did. He, you know, he has achieved things in the game, no doubt about that. But fuck, he could have done so much more. Just a credit to his potential, I guess, that he achieved as much as he did with, you know, the lack of application that he, you know, showed, really. Who's going to win? Rabbits by millions. Fair call. No, no, there's no question about it. Oh, speaking of winning by millions, Sunday football. Oh, yeah. Payback time. Manly, the mighty Manly Ringer Seagulls versus Parramatta Eels. The best time of the week, 3 p.m., Brookie Oval. Sun will be shining. It'll be fucking glorious. Place will be packed. No Matt Chechen on the refereeing staff. What could be better than this? Full strength side for the first time in how long? This year, since round one, I believe. Um, but, you know, this full strength side, in quotes, we'll see what actually happens because uh, there's a very extended bench with a lot of players there, a lot of extra players on there. We've got Vic Morrow, Daniel Harrison and Dean Vare. So what that tells you is, um, yeah, okay, Brett Stewart will be there pending anything happening to him in the Origin game. Uh, Jamie Lyon, of course, Matai, of course. David Williams is the one. He's been penciled to return from a hamstring injury. The fact that Dean Vare is there on the extended bench means that that's probably not a certainty. Uh, and also the other uh, player who was under an injury cloud, Glenn Stewart, the fact that they've got Daniel Harrison there tells me that you know he's not 100% uh, certain to appear either. Sure. So I, I fully expect to see... Because uh, Williams is similar to what you're saying with Gaddath. I mean, he's been, you know, it's a three-week injury, you know, for... Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Sure. So I'm not I'm not certain he'll be back, but I'm very much not certain that Glenn Stewart will be back because I think if he couldn't have made Origin 
for Wednesday night. What's another four days? I mean, yeah. You know, yeah, four days can make the difference, but I have a feeling that if he's not going to, you know, get out there for the Origin, then he'll probably be another week, and uh, you'll probably see Daniel Harrison in that position. But despite that, they didn't have Glenn Stewart la- uh, last time around when they played the Roosters and put fifty on them, and uh, I imagine that they're going to have a, a similar day out this yeah. Sunday. Based on the form they displayed last round, I well, last time they played. Um, I don't think Parra will get within 30 of the Eagles, unfortunately. Yep. I mean, talk a team's going on a run. The Eagles starting to, you know, once they get through Origin, it's time to start building their run like they did last year. Late season run and uh, take that momentum all the way to the prize back-to-back. Premiers 2012, Legends. Okay, so yeah, mainly 13 plus if you're a betting person. Or if you're a real betting person, go for a, you know... Go for something that gives you a bit of value because thirteen plus is probably paying about a dollar twenty. So you know, <laughs> mate, yeah, go go nineteen, you know, twenty six, fifty. Go for an eight game multi. Yeah, why not? Throw some golf in there. <laughs> Don't bet on golf. That's a fucking tough thing to bet on. Swedish really? Swedish handball. Yeah. Well, Sunday, bet on fucking UFC. Yes, exactly. Charles Sonnen. Chael P. Sonnen, the Westland gangster from <laughs> from Oregon, paying three dollars and five last I checked. <laughs> that's uh, that's juicy odds. That is juicy, but I mean, there's usually a reason for that. Anderson Silva's about dollar thirty five, but go Chael anyway. Okay, Monday night foot bitch, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks versus the Sydney Roosters down at Toyota Stadium. Ooh, I mean, you know, the fans have been coming to the party this year a bit, but Monday night, cold Monday night down there at Toyota Stadium, I reckon they'll be, be lucky to crack ten. It will be shocking down there, freezing, but I think the Sharks will get it done. Have you got their teams there? I've got TBCs all around. Oh, I've got the Sharks. And who, um, no surprises, really. Same team as last yeah, week. Yeah, pretty much Gallon the same. And, uh, Carney. Just the, with the inclusion of the Origin players uh, pending injury, but I just think the Sharks are uh, a too strong a side, certainly defensively, but um, they just yeah. don't go away. And I think the Roosters have still got considerable lapses in them over the course of a game, and I think those times it will be when the Sharks will take advantage yeah but despite that it's Monday Night Foot Bitch and you know what you don't see even coming, the strongest of favourites can go down in fact it almost happens every time like think of the last two weeks Dragons got done Tigers got done don't remind me I mean the favourite always goes down first. so for that so because of that I'm still going to pick the Sharks by 20 still <laughs> <laughs> And buyers this week, Brisbane, North Queensland, Penrith, and St. George, Illawarra, with a week off. That is a full time for episode 94. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League, and the likes are creeping up for the targeted 1,000 mark. We blasted through 9.30, so welcome to new Facebook fans this week. Paul Baker, Leroy Mitchell, Dan Nichols, Anthony Dawson, Chris Wargren, and James Whetstone. Thank you very much for the support, everybody. iTunes, speaking of support, iTunes reviews, one of those motherfuckers turned up again this week. The title of the review, one star, then in brackets, too many. And, of course, one star by uh, a person by the name of... Um, it's good they put their name on it. Their name is Not So Good. I can't believe this podcast is getting such high reviews. These blokes are no better than listening to some drunk pensioner talk footy at the local RSL. Thank light you. on content, light on humour, and light on intellect, one star. Light on intellect. 
and I did actually check. Did you? I did check not so good's profile on uh, on iTunes, and they basically gone through and just ripped one stars through a lot of footy podcasts, including the Triple M ones uh, and the Grill Team as well. I think they he ripped the, the Grill Team and you asshole uh, one star. The Brisbane Grill Team said it wasn't as good as the Sydney Grill Team, but then he said something like, "Except for MG, because he's a moron." So, um, ouch. I think we're in good company. You know, by not registering on this guy's... Uh, yeah, I just love people that, um, you know, take the time to go through, you know, essentially something they get for free. Yeah. And uh, be a miserable cunt. Oh, I don't care about that. I mean, it just means, it just goes to show that uh, that we're, we're a, a love it or hate it proposition. Yes. And so... And if you love us, we love you too. If you hate us, you can go and get fucked. And so how many, how many reviews have we got now? Over two hundred. It's like well over two hundred, isn't it? Yeah. So like, let's just say for argument's sake that it's uh that it is it's two hundred. Yes. Even even though it's more than that, but say like there's two hundred people that love it, and there's like five that that hate yeah. it. So I'll um, take those. I'll take that ratio. Oh, I'll take it. I'd love to take that ratio. And uh, speaking of five star reviews, we've got one by someone called uh, Spellathon. Fantastic fun. Five stars. Good fun. News, reviews, previews, and not the run of a mill cliche a thon like most podcasts. Honest opinions and plenty of laughs. Go the Sharks. Dan. Then we've got another one by. Uh, Sharkies fan. Up to, an update by Liquid again. Uh, L I K W 3 D. New fans, five stars. I've been listening for over a year now and I'm addicted. I've introduced my two sons to your podcast and they are converted. Oh. I hope they're not too young. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I hope too. they're over 10 at least. The family that tools together stays together. Well, that's that's true, but I mean like, little, little kids don't need to be hearing this language. <laughs> no. No, I agree. Great show, five stars from Cat Bean. This is a brilliant podcast with two very entertaining hosts who, like myself, both love rugby league. I always look forward to my weekly dose of shameless pro-manly spin, ludicrous overestimating of the undefeated asterisk Tigers approach, Tigers prospects, the dashing exploits of Johnny Adams, and of course the endless streams of hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Fucking love it. And uh, finally, this week for reviews, we've got another five-star review. Uh, the title is Mountain Dewhurst. Uh, the person who gives us the review, his name is Robertimus. And uh, the review basically says, hash Tigers in decline. Thank you. Best review we've ever got. <laughs> Tipping. I'm up to 36th. I think that was four places up. You stay on 84th. Um, so you're not going anywhere in a hurry. No. But let's talk about the people who actually have a chance of winning it. Whitey. He remains in the lead with 83 points. Three-point gap, which is a pretty good gap, really, at this end of the season, on Lanier, who is on 80. Also on 80, we have Andrew Smyrniotis, who returns to third position on the ladder with a perfect round. Genius. Uh, well, perfect round. Well, Origin isn't counted in this round, so is no. counted in this round as well. So that's still a question mark at the time of reading it. And we've got It's Me, Cookie Bra, remains on fourth position with 80 as well. And Skinny has dropped to fifth position, also on 80 points. Fantasy. Who Not cares? too late for me to make my charge from 80th. Yeah, but the one I don't have written down is actually how many points you have. But I mean, surely you must be like 15 off the pace or something. Like, oh, like doable, but be unlikely. Fairly hideous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fantasy. Who cares? It was a head-to-head buy last week, so and it's also a buy this week. But it will be the final buy of the season. So uh, time to get your final trade sorted for the run to the finals. I think there's only what after this buy, there's probably only about another five, maybe five, six max head-to-head games left in the season for yep. uh, Supercoach. So uh, get in there. And, uh, of course, with the shop, we've still got stock of the Revelation shirt, the hats, the stubby coolers. Uh, hit up this week in league.com forward slash shop 
to get the gear and that Kickstarter thing, how'd you go with how'd you go with answering that email? All I'm good? really struggling with that, but um I apologise for my tardiness. Okay. That's all I have to say on Are that. Are you struggling matter. with time or are you struggling with ideas? Um mainly column A. Okay, so uh, but uh, everyone just be advised that it is in the works and it is going to happen. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. Yes, as they say. And once it actually starts, then I assume it's all my fault. It'll roll pretty quickly from that point. Agreed. Once you actually get it going. Yes. Okay. So, do you have anything else to add? No, I'm looking forward to the uh, to the tigers coming out and uh, killing the bulldogs. It's going to be awesome. Cool. And uh, I guess all I've all got to add is uh, congratulations, New South Wales, on an epic series victory, one in a row. Get loose with it. <laughs> See you next week. If you're into UFC, strike force, and mixed martial arts in general, make sure you listen to This Week in MMA. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TWIMMA.com. It's out every Friday morning. It's free. Get on it.